Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is already the 5th of February. It is so cool. I just, there's this fascination with time and weather for me because there are things that we can't change. We just have to, like, rise to whatever the weather is. You got to do what it does, and whatever the time is, it's the time. You can't argue the fact that it's 8 o'clock or it's 530 in the morning. And there's things about that that keep us stable, these structures. Like today, it's probably one of the coldest days of the year we have. And yet it's, it's sunny and it's beautiful, but the wind, oh, my God. And I woke up, when I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning today, the wind was so strong that our power was out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this show, blah, blah, blah. And I'm running around the house with my flashlight. And then um, – and then – it turned on and I thought oh thank god because I saw the workers driving up and down the streets on both sides of the house and I thought okay this is working hopefully it will work so it was meant for today's show and I am so glad because this show why going to therapy before marriage makes sense because according to marriage.com 31% lower divorce rate if couples go into marriage with therapy. And I know we call it therapy, but really I think it's just preparation. Because if you're going to a therapist when you're on the verge of breaking up, when you're already angry enough to say you're going to break up, One of the two of you has probably made up your mind not to live the rest of your time on earth with this other person. And it's not that successful at keeping people together unless they really both want to be together. Because sometimes what they end up finding out is that the arguing was the smokescreen for one of the two feeling like they wanted out which is just a really weird thing to find out once you get there. But when both of you really want to stay together, it's a whole different way if you feel like you're breaking up because you won't say breaking up. You'll say, what are we going to do? There's a saying that says once you actually use the D word, divorce, you're, you're most more than likely going to end there because that becomes the ultimatum in an argument. And it actually was true in my own life because I never thought I would get divorced. It never occurred to me. But because he kept saying it like a threat, because he knew it would make me cry, but he said it so much that I finally just wanted him to stop saying it. And leave me alone, for God's sake. What have I done to anyone to deserve someone constantly saying that? And you know what? He got exactly what he asked for and could not even own it. So what we say to our partners is huge. But there's good news. There's always good news. 
Because the reality is that when we first meet somebody, we think we could marry them because we don't know anything about them yet. And it's not that it's good or bad. You may find out they're the best person in the world for you. But another saying that these things come true somehow. The faster you leap in will be the faster you leap out because it would be like, I want to say a novelty. You're just running around your life normally. Someone comes in, takes you for a whirlwind. And then you kind of settle and you're like, gosh, what have I done? I need my time back. I need to like go back to work. I need to do this. I need to, you know, you start thinking like that and you don't know how to add that person in because they didn't come in in a way that fed itself into your life. It just kind of was, you know, a huge, like you went on vacation and then you wake up and you're like, what am I doing here? And it usually takes about two weeks when you go too fast. Sometimes when we're involved with narcissism, they want to get married after two weeks because they think they've got a live one and they want to tie you in faster than you can think or see what's coming. That's why when you hear people got married after knowing each other for two weeks, and you think, two weeks? Geez, I got over a cut in two weeks or maybe not even yet. And someone's gotten married in that time. And then a month later, you hear they've been separated for two weeks and they just got divorced or getting divorced. So what's going on? And I had someone come to me and say, my boyfriend wants us to get counseling before we get married. And she thought of it as maybe something was wrong with them or that something was like they had to work something out. And they probably do. Everybody does. But what a great move. And there's reasons why to support that. Other than the obvious, there's that obvious reason that, yes, you're going to have a better relationship. Yes, you're going to know the other person better. You're going to talk about hey, we do love each other. Can we be committed to each other? Is there a sexual faithfulness that you will share? Is there a humility that you share together? Being humble with each other, not one trying to compete with the other. Do you have patience? Do you feel like you can perpetually forgive them even though you may never need to? That no matter what they do, it doesn't define them, that you know you'll make it through it. And the same will be true for you from them. They don't feel like time is dragging between you. That all of you can be put on the table. You don't have to be with them and hide this 2% of you. Because that 2% is going to be the problem in the marriage. Can you communicate when things are not okay? Do you have a protocol? Do you guys have a, a safe place to go to when you are not agreeing on something? And it's a big deal, like moving or having a child or how to raise the child. 
And you have a selflessness that exists between the two of you. Does that even mean anything to you? Because when you're in a relationship, these things mean something. Because you have to be as comfortable as you are alone with another person. Not always where you have to talk all the time or you have to be on because that's going to get exhausting and it's going to get old. It's like back in the old days when a woman, they would, you know, sell this through movies and stuff, but where a woman would not let her husband, her husband, see her without her makeup. Women used to sleep with it. They'd wake up with makeup on their pillows or they'd wake up before him and put their face on. We don't hear those expressions anymore, but that used to be, used to be how far two people that were married to each other had to go to stay married to each other. So things have changed and evolved. But I always ask Christ, right, because there's what we know, which is the obvious. Yes, for sure, that's going to help. Well, we have a percentage, and 31% of the couples who, who get it have a higher chance of staying married because the stuff that would be a surprise later, you already know. It's like an insurance policy. If you have insurance, you usually don't need it, usually. And if something breaks, the insurance covers it. So now you're not stressing as to how you're going to pay for it. You know it will be taken care of. And this is an emotional insurance. This is protecting and fighting for the relationship that you are making a choice to be in. By answering the question, I know it sounds funny because people would think it's so obvious, but why are you getting married? Do you feel you have to because of your age? All your friends are getting married? Is there any part of you that feels like you're settling to get in? And if that settling feeling has to just do with you in settling down, or do you really feel like you're settling? Because if you do and you get married, what's going to happen when you meet the person that you don't feel like you're settling with and you're already married? So that's the other thing that we need to ask ourselves, why am I getting married? And the best answer is, I love this person and I accept who they are. And then you can answer why were we attracted to each other. The stories of how people met tend to hold them together for the duration of their relationship. People will tell you over and over again because of the shock and surprise and wonder and happiness that happened in that moment gets repeated and the energy just keeps on feeding that relationship over and over again. But you can also answer the question of what issues do you disagree about? What if one of you doesn't want to have children at all, ever? 
And because everyone was in love, nobody wanted to challenge that love. And you don't ask that question, and then you get married and you find out that your partner doesn't want kids. That's a big deal. And how many would you like? One, two, three, four. Do you want a big family, a small family? Or what if one of you is willing to move on a dime for the job that they get or they have to travel a lot and you don't want to move because your family is where you guys are living now and why didn't he move before or she moved before? Why is that going to be an issue now? Because sometimes you may find out that the person who's getting married may be a little scared and wants to kind of hold on to their freedom and say, but if we need to move, I want to be able to move. I want my family to move. I want to uproot. And and you need to talk about that. But the biggest one is how you will manage your money. Finances are a huge tear in our lives personally, let alone doing that with another person. Does one spend, overspend? Does one put themselves in debt? Does the other? Do they both? Can they manage? Because that will be the backbone of everything else they do. Down to how would you divide your chores? Like, what would that look like? And if you're already living together prior to getting married, most people who live together say, well, we're not married yet, but when we get married, we're going to merge our finances together. So they don't right now feel any responsibility towards the other one's habits. But you're going to, whatever it is, that other person does, good, bad, or indifferent, will be what you're going to be doing. And can you live with that? Because for some people, it could be a lot of pressure if one of the two of you overspends on a regular basis and doesn't mind debt. So overall, what are your goals? Are they to have a happy life? Are they just achievements that you want to achieve that don't include your partner? Do you have goals that are together with both of you? So again, I ask Christ. And the answers when I hear them are like a warm blanket on a cold night. It just feels so beautiful to hear his words. And instead of calling a marriage a marriage, which we need to call it because we all know what we're talking about, he said, look at it as an investment. You are investing 
not only in this person, but you are investing in a future, your future, your every day, your greatest investment to date prior to getting married to another person is how you spend your time. Because time is the only thing that can tell us who we are. What we do in our time. So you have to ask yourself, what do I do every day? What comforts me every day? And when you can answer those things, you say, oh, wow, when I wake up in the mornings, I'm slow to rise, but I I get up. I do like to go for walks, sometimes alone, so I can organize my thoughts. And then after that, it's all fair game. Now, how does he live or she live? Do they wake up guns a-blazing? These little things, if that comfort of the way you use your time can integrate with another person, you have a very good foundation, but you need to talk about those things. You need to invest in how you will spend your time from now on. If something comes up, will you drop everything to help that person? Would they for you? If one of you gets ill, how will you deal with that? Because it is an investment. When people don't look at marriage as an investment, they feel like they've just got swept off their feet in love. And yet, what does that mean? Because just like we see people get swept off their feet, that whole way we've been taught love looks like, has gotten us in a lot of trouble. Sometimes we defend people who aren't doing things very nicely or kindly or with compassion towards us. But we say, but I love them. And I say, do you really? And when I dig further, I find out they're scared to death of them. They put them down so much they don't know how to get up, even before marriage. And God helps the person who's been married for 35 years and tries to get away. So why are you getting married? Are you getting married because the other person wants to? Why are you really attracted to this person? Is it because she has long blonde hair and you love her hair? And how could somebody that beautiful not be kind? How do you feel in the engagement period? Is the wedding going out of out of control? Do you both want a small, simple wedding? Does one of you want a simple wedding? The other one want a big wedding? Does one of you care about how much you spend? Does the other not care? There's all these things that 
once you talk about them, you start to see the other person as a partner, as a working partner. And that transition can happen before you get there instead of surprise you once you are there. There are so many people who just got married. They just get married. And then they come and say, gosh, I didn't know he did this. Or, you know, that was happening when we were dating. It was, but I just didn't pay that much attention because I didn't see him as much. I didn't live with him yet. But there's a lot of people who have done this. There's a lot of people who do get it. There's some churches that do a six-week course to prepare people to get married, to teach them how to merge the outside stuff, the finances, the goals. But the inside stuff, the why, you need to ask yourself over and over again. Every single couple, no matter how healthy, no matter how happy, no matter how into each other they are, they're going to experience conflict at some point. Because there's things to know what a couple can't do for you. I know in Jerry Maguire they said, you complete me. But the truth is your spouse is not going to complete you. They're not going to fix you. They are not going to make you any better than you want to be. And if they do try, you will fight them. Because deep inside, you know that the only person who can grow your soul is you. So if you're looking for your spouse to complete you, you will find out what you expect this person to do for you and is it fair to them? Is it fair to them for you to put that on them? Just be aware of the expectations you're bringing into the marriage. Oh, once I'm married, everything will be fine. Once I'm married, my partner will meet all of my needs. And I don't believe romance should ever fade over time. And I don't believe my partner's interest in sex should ever be different than mine. Well, if you think those things, you're going to be disappointed because life is an ebb and a flow. You are not always going to feel in love, but you will always love that person. But the times that that wave hits you are the surprise, are the glue, are the beautiful moments. Just like you don't have one emotion that stays with you all day long, the same thing, the same expectation needs to be put on both of you so that you can ebb and flow. The fantasy of how we were taught to be when we are in love, has wreaked havoc 
on our relationships. We need to understand reality from fantasy. When we together as a couple are grounded in our values that identify us as a couple, like, oh, they really love doing this. There's certain things. They love to hike or they love to go out for Sunday brunch or they love to curl up and binge watch. But whatever it is, it's a they, not a she, and then he goes and does something else, and before you know it, they're both under the same roof doing something without the other on a regular basis because it's nice to split and do certain things but when you're doing everything you no longer have that person plugged into your world into your energy when we start following feelings that we think we are supposed to be having we get in trouble The feelings you feel are your feelings that you're supposed to be having, not the ones we were told to feel because this is what love looks like. And if you don't have sex three times a week, something's wrong in your relationship. If you don't, you know, go together to a wedding, something's wrong. Why does he stay home? Why don't, why do you go by yourself? Or why does he go by himself? And why do you want to stay home? And it just starts getting in the way. Expectation ruins everything you will not always feel in love but the minute that love is spoken on you light up you understand why you're there and also taking a look at and this one it also sounds it sounds like no-brainers but if you do it prior that's where the rubber meets the road in building a foundation, investing in what you believe in. But look at your partner's family relationships. Do they get along? Don't they? What is it like on Thanksgiving? Is it stressful or is it fun? What is it like on Christmas? How are birthdays celebrated? Because the family traditions are huge and it creates a deep level of trust between you and your partner and the family. It gives you something to look forward to. You care about these people independent of your partner. People who go in with, I hate his mother. Good luck. Or my mother and his mother hate each other. Just using those words. Also talking about what a breach of trust would mean to you. What would hurt the trust you have in them? What would feel like a betrayal to you? Some people may say cheating does, but more than that, what if one of the two of you has an emotional relationship with someone? Are you committed only to each other? Are you okay with other forms of relationships? 
It depends on the couple and their personal boundaries and their values. But you need to talk about that because if your partner thinks flirting is okay and you don't, and you're allowed to flirt and he's allowed to flirt, you have to ask yourselves why you are going into a marriage and are you really ready? I know couples who said the only deal breaker was sleeping with another person. And I thought, wow, that takes a lot to get there. So you're going to let everything else happen. And then the result of it is why you're going to be upset. Talk about that before you get married. When things get tough, does one of you call it quits right away? Or do you guys not think of quits, but you think, how am I going to solve this? So there's this little rule about, it's like called the magic ratio of expressing love. For anything negative that happens in your relationship, five or more positive things remind the relationship that it has the legs to continue to grow. That if something negative, scary happens between the two of you, that there's enough positive for it to outweigh any of the negative that you start to feel. Going to therapy before you get married, during your engagement period, gives you the reality of the life you're going to live. I can't believe my time's already up. I gotta go. I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.